0: Good morning. <laughs> it is uh, genuinely great to see you all this morning. Uh, you are a courageous bunch coming out in this weather today. I was amazed at the number of people here. As we look out, we came over what, a few minutes ago, and everybody was here in spite of the fact that many people are still out for uh, different kinds of holidays or conferences and so on. But it's a uh, Great to be back. Um, uh, great to see you. I, was, I, I guess I should say it's great to be back in Beijing, but I'm not supposed to lie in church, so uh, I won't say that this morning. But it is great to see you. Uh, I bumped into a couple. We, we were just arrived back on Thursday afternoon and uh, saw a couple of friends in Jenny Lou's, And, uh, boy, it just felt so, such a... A warmth. And I thought, man, if it wasn't for our friends in Beijing, man, we were sorely tempted to jump on a plane, <laughs> go somewhere. <laughs> um, Iris and I just spent the last 10 days arriving back last Thursday in Thailand. The two of us were uh, invited to go down to a conference in North Thailand uh, for a Christian organization. There were some 70 young team leaders uh, that are working in three countries in this part of the world of uh, young people who made some very very gifted uh, people some of them so many of them highly trained have made some very very courageous decisions to go to difficult places to try to plant uh, the church and to serve the body of Christ and do evangelism in various parts Of this part of the world. Very, very inspiring group. The two of us shared the platform and were able to share some thoughts uh, with them and and some of our experiences over here in the last uh, 20 years. Unfortunately, Iris may have to go back to the States here uh, soon. She discovered that her father, just a few days ago, she discovered that her father has a very serious form of cancer and uh, there's no one else to care for her so those of you who are close to her, uh, you uh, might if you're gonna connect with her you might connect soon because we don't know exactly what's gonna unfold in the next several months because she's probably going to be focused very intensively on trying to care for him. A year ago uh, I read a book that contains interviews of interesting people in the world of golf. Uh, And one of the most interesting interviews in the book was an interview of a guy named Jackie Burke, who was a former multiple champion on the PGA Tour in the US and now about 90 years old. I don't know if uh, he's a Christian man, but Burke has been called, quote, the sage of American golf uh, whose counsel Blends humor, wisdom, uh, encouragement, and admonishment. And uh, in the interview, uh, one of the interesting remarks he makes is this He says, Don't retire. Everybody today wants to retire early. Well, I've seen early retirement, and it's not pretty. 50 year old guys hang out at the golf club constantly. Because they have nowhere else to go. Uh, They get sick of golf. Uh, Leisure time is dangerous. Uh, You might wind up inside a bottle of bourbon. He says, you are put on this earth to produce, so get with it. And uh, he is a much beloved figure, elder figure in, in the golf world. You and I spend at least twenty first 20 years of our life maturing. We mature physically. Uh, of course, we mature intellectually through our education. Hopefully, if we are blessed with warm and uh, loving relationships, we will mature emotionally and uh, become more emotionally healthy. But most books on self-management teach that success in marriage and family life and our career requires a continual process of maturing that hopefully never ends. As Burke says, we don't ever want to quit growing and maturing and become disengaged. Uh, And we can do that by staying interested, uh, curious, and continuing to learn and grow over our lifespan. And uh, if we lose our sense of purpose, involvement, and growth, as he says, the results often are not very pretty as we age. Well, the Bible, as uh, so many of you know, teaches that in our relationship with God, he also desires us to continue maturing and growing, developing over our lifespan. Uh, Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 1, for example, uh, says, let the, the writer to the Hebrews says, let us press on to maturity. Now, of course, we begin our Christian life uh, when our eyes are opened uh, to the beauty of Christ. Uh, we believe, we understand his identity and what he has done for us. We believe in that, we embrace him. He embraces us, we are reconciled to him, and then uh, this should begin and stimulate a a lifelong uh, growth process through which we will pass through different developmental stages, spiritually speaking, as we progressively mature. Ephesians chapter 4 verses 14 through 15 uh, also uh, repeats this theme quite clearly. Uh, Paul, the apostle, says we should no longer be children, we are to grow up. Um, So he's writing to this group of believers in the city of Ephesus. Uh, This book actually is considered to be the most uh, concise summary of his teaching that's contained in the New Testament. All the big ideas of Paul are contained uh, for the most part in these six short chapters of his letter to these people. And he, as he finishes a particular line of reasoning, he concludes in these verses that we should uh, not remain as spiritually immature people. We are to, over time, grow up. And this requires a series of ongoing choices in our life on the part of every genuine Christ follower, because We can read clearly in the New Testament that spiritual growth uh, is not necessarily guaranteed. Uh, I uh, uh, also read a book some time ago by a Christian clinical psychologist uh, that's called Breaking the Idols of Your Heart. And uh, Dan Allender in that book says this. He says, I've noticed after being a Christian for 30 years... That Christians are not always all that different from our so called secular counterparts. Uh, We believe we're going to heaven, but we have just as many egotists, uh, arrogant know it alls, and thin skinned hotheads among us as the average law firm. Uh, Many of us don't have any idea how to relate to our teenage daughters. Manage our money or care for our lonely wives. The Christian community contains extraordinary people, deeply mature people, and also those who have not matured. And uh, uh, Paul, in a few short verses in chapter four of his letter to the Ephesians, uh, has three uh, simple pieces of counsel that are important in maturing. So I'm just going to review these uh, with you briefly this morning, these three uh, important steps toward uh, spiritual maturity that are contained in this particular uh, part of the Scripture. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 and 2, Paul says, I beg you uh, to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, make, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Now, one of the fascinating themes of the New Testament is that uh, we, you and I, choose God only after he chooses us. It's a very mysterious but fascinating teaching that's a very clear theme in in the New Testament, that in the ages, in previous ages, is God in his strategic planning process uh, established and planned this unfolding program of his that's described for us in the Bible and that we are a part of and that will continue into the ages to come. As a genuine Christ follower, he knew you, saw you and chose you. And then in his own timing and methods, uh, he drew you into a relationship with himself and created a devotion to him. Uh, Not many people are going to come out (laughs) on a morning like this in a cold Beijing weather without uh, some genuine, authentic uh, uh, sense of devotion to Christ. And Paul calls us to live a life worthy of this uh, amazing privilege that we have been drawn into uh, fellowship with him. And in this particular passage, he tells us that humility, uh, gentleness, and patience are foundational to doing this. Sometimes as I'm just reading the scripture in my own personal devotional life, uh, it's helpful to me to just look up some of these words in the dictionary in English. And so let me just describe the dictionary definition of these three words. Uh, humility is modesty or respectfulness, a modest estimation of one's own importance, rank, or opinion. Uh, gentleness is the quality of being calm, uh, moderate, mild, and not severe or rough in our communication and the kind of emotional chemistry that we exude in our relationship with other people. Uh, patience is defined as endurance, uh, staying power, uh, persistence. Uh, making allowance for each other's faults. So these three qualities in this particular passage, Paul says we are to cultivate. Um, of course, it's not always easy for us to make these kinds of choices, and um, to, particularly when we are in relationships that marriage or family, of course, there's inevitably different kinds of conflict and differences that always emerge. Uh, so... How does this apply? Well, I think, you know, as I look at people that I really respect who are older and uh, who have had a stable or relatively stable marriage over a long time and they, they, their lives just reflect uh, years of following Christ and hearing the wisdom from above and applying it to their life, almost inevitably uh, they are people who remain uh, teachable? Somehow, some you know, as we age, it's easy to get very fixated and opinionated, and, and it just sort of you know, we think sort of we got everything sorted out, and we're not very open in, in our thinking and our opinions. But the people that really appeal to, often to me, and I'm sure to you, are those that we know that stay open to fresh angles, fresh ideas. And uh, part of that is being humble, just recognizing that we don't have all the information. We never will. And as we seek the wisdom from above, God is very faithful to bring fresh information, uh, fresh ideas, a uh, fresh energy to help us apply to whatever new uh, situation or difficulty or conflict that we may be facing. And as we uh, get in sometimes stress-filled relationships, to do our best to be gentle, to work with the situation, and not to power up, but this dialogue, and to hang in there. So Paul says that these uh, simple qualities, as we seek to cultivate them in our life, are one foundational point of maturing spiritually, And then he says, he goes on in verse three, he says, be diligent to preserve the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. We are all one body. We have the same spirit and we've all been called to the same glorious future. There is only one God and father who is over us all and in us all and living through us us all. This is a beautiful passage. It's got some very deep theology in it as well. The, the, the Bible describes God as one essence, three persons, as a relationship of unspeakable unity and creativity and beauty and power and grace. And he says that as the Spirit of God uh, works in our life, and particularly in the Christian community then his intention is to create a bond of peace. Uh, God is a God of peace, Paul says, and so part of the Spirit's role is to, in our relationships, to stimulate us toward relationships of peace that reflect the kind of dynamic that's actually going on in the personality of God himself. He says we are all one body, Uh, We've been given this privilege of of being linked to his spirit. In some sense, he lives within us. And uh, then we've all been called to this great future that's described for us in the ages to come. And uh, we've all served the same God. So this is an amazing statement of what we all have in common as Christians and uh, um, given all that we have in common, Paul is urging the Ephesians and through them us to work hard at resolving conflict and building peaceful relationships. And uh, it applies equally to Christian marriages and of course our relationship with our kids and families and and different types of relationships that we're called to. So a second step of toward spiritual maturity he says here is peaceful preservation of unity and then in Ephesians uh, four verse seven through twelve he says this he says in Christ's uh, generosity uh, he has given each one of us a special gift and our responsibility is to equip God's people and build up the church and the third step that he is getting at in this short portion of Scripture is what I think we could call proactive involvement. Uh, as we mature, God inevitably calls us and leads us to move out of sort of the grandstands and onto the playing field and to get involved in some ongoing active way in serving his people and that can take of course all kinds of uh, different forms Um, but there are many uh, instances or illustrations or passages in scripture that indicate this is one of those key pivotal decisions and choices that we must make to continue moving through these developmental stages uh, spiritually speaking and uh, we Of course, we've got so many amazing positive examples of that in our church. Um, We uh, got over a a hundred, when everybody's back in the mid part of of the two semesters, we've got over a hundred plus Christian workers, or I mean, children's workers that work downstairs on this rotating schedule, people that love kids. Uh, That is a direct application, of course, of this passage. And they have this wonderful ministry to our children. Uh, Once, when someone else was teaching this past fall, I was wandering around down in the children's area and the teens area. Went over in the teen area on that side of the facility, and I was amazed at the number of volunteers that were working with the teens. There were uh, they had broken the high school and the uh, men, girls and guys and in these different discussion groups, and there were like eight separate discussion groups, each led by an individual, you know, four women that had each taken one of these four groups of teen girls and the same on the men's side. It just was a beautiful picture of uh, the body working effectively and fruitfully, a lot of laughs and, and good chemistry and connection down there. I was very very encouraged. And uh, then there's so many individuals among us. And I, of course, don't have time to mention all the people that are so vital to making our congregation work on a weekly basis. But I think back over the last few years, uh, people like Rosie Yo, and uh, J.C. Lai and Pearl Jung. Uh, many of you probably aren't acquainted with J.C., uh, and Pearl, but they have devoted countless hours to managing the accounting and the cash flow of the offerings and taking care of all that, so the staff are compensated and spending just a tremendous amount of time and energy serving this group of people, and um, they are a beautiful illustration. Another one I just saw this past week, uh, Ralph Howe and I, were um, having lunch. Ralph is, serves on our board. He was one of the MCs this morning. We went over and had uh, lunch one time this this week, and he was telling me about this golf trip uh, that he took. Uh, Ralph's a professional golf instructor. He was on the pro tour uh, for eight years here in Asia and has been connected to the industry, you know, most of his life. Um, he had this vision about two or three months ago to take three of his students to the States on kind of a vision trip of sorts. Ralph Ralph actually was a low amateur in the Masters Tournament uh, about 20 years ago, which, of course, is one of the premier golf... He's a low amateur uh, in that uh, very famous uh, tournament. But three students that he has... Right now, young young guys ranging from like 16 up to 20, 21 are three of the top amateurs in uh, China. And one of the reasons that Ralph is over here, he and Melinda, they do, do so much for the blessing of our congregation is um, because they felt called to come over here and uh, through their work be a positive, uh, vital witness for Christ in this particular part of the culture and they Ralph gets connections to so many interesting young men and women who many of whom are defined as the princelings of China you know kids who of great privilege and opportunity relative to most people in China but these are really well I think only one of them is a Christian but Ralph uh, put together raised some money and uh, took these three young Chinese golfers to Orlando for four weeks and exposed them to some of the finest Christian um, golfers in the world over there. He's got lots of friendships. They were able to connect with the guy that won the U.S. Open twice. I took them to these amazing churches that are in Orlando and just an eye opening experience uh, for these young men. And I was just profoundly encouraged. By that lunch, because here's a guy that has a friend who who knows uh, what these young men may accomplish. I suspect that in the providence of God, He orchestrated all that to give these three young men, Chinese young men, uh, this eye opening experience. And I suspect God will probably lead the other two to Himself, and who knows what sort of an influence that they may have in the next 30, 40 years in China. And uh, here's a guy who has been inspired by God the Holy Spirit with a concern for these young men, a desire to touch their lives and to love them in a particular way that appeals to them, and then takes the initiative to do this. And uh, just cool, Uh, really, really cool and a fresh evangelistic vision that I saw there uh, this past week. And so uh, God is very much alive and well and working uh, in Beijing in spite of this nasty weather <laughs> and uh, all that we face here in this time of year, in this uh, place. But as we cultivate these qualities of humil- hum- humility, gentleness, and patience, which then leads to unity, a broader uh, corporate unity and personal unity in our relationships. And as we become proactive, as God leads us in ways that fit our gifts and motivations in serving His people, then we—these are three of key steps toward continuing to mature uh, spiritually. And then in chapter four, uh, verse thirteen and. Sixteen, Paul defines the result uh, that can happen, uh, will happen in our lives, but can also happen much more visibly in a congregation as sufficient numbers of people mature to a certain place. Then they can reach a certain critical mass that can then have a very significant influence on the surrounding community. But he says we should pursue these things. And then verse 13, until we come to such unity and knowledge of God's son, that we will be mature and full grown in the Lord. So the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. So as that's happening and our relationships reach this kind of of devotion to him and to each other, Then it's this profound uh, illustration of spiritual health and growth and God's uh, loving kindness. Um, Sobering responsibility, a great privilege that we have to continue making decisions and growing, and the consequences of that, of course, are very, uh, very significant. I wanted to mention uh, real briefly before. I pray Um, we have been putting some financial information in our bulletin. Uh, Robin Hill has spent some time analyzing patterns over this this half of this fiscal year. Our fiscal year begins on July 1st and ends on June 31st and actually giving is up. So I was very encouraged uh, by that fact. It's by the fact that the attendance uh, over the last six months has been slightly lower than what it was uh, last year. Of course, we have the tremendous uh, fluidity and transition in our congregation because people are s- assigned here and then about a third of us leave for other assignments uh, every year. But the giving has been uh, good, but what we did... Uh, is uh, we accommodated uh, the landlord. Uh, Forty percent of our offerings go to uh, this uh, facility, the rent on this facility. And uh, so we are looking to try to renegotiate that um, because of this current cash flow issue that we're facing. So pray for us. Uh, Pray for the people. I don't try to get involved in those conversations. I try to remain the good cop with our relations with our landlord and we get a couple of guys that are very skillful and diplomatic bad cops and uh, we work that way but pray for favor uh, for understanding uh, because uh, it's a very substantial uh, fee that uh, unfortunately we we have no place else to go Uh, this is by far the best facility we've invested quite a bit to make it acceptable and useful for our purposes here so we're going to have to get in that discussion and also pray for the board as we try to uh, sort out how to, uh, w- we made decisions about spending based on growth patterns and so on, but we're going to have to think very through very carefully uh, how to manage this next several months uh, financially. I know many of you give very sacrificially and uh, that's so important, but if those of you who are new to the congregation and you feel like this, God is calling you to, for this to be a part of your uh, church home, then we encourage you to, to uh, give so we can continue to uh, experience the kind of blessings that we have and maintain the programs that we all enjoy. Uh, let's pray together. Lord, thank you for this fine group of people, um, um, people that are devoted to you, who know you, who follow you. Um, I pray that you would lead us uh, as individuals and as a congregation into uh, a deeper. Commitment to these values that Paul is describing here, and that we would mature in those, and so that we can experience the very positive and powerful results of that. I thank you for each individual here. I pray for encouragement uh, in just uh, the uh, this time of year and the weather, uh, the uh, potential stress the the pollution and the rest, I pray that you would enable us to encourage each other and um, to lift each other's spirits uh, so that we can uh, both experience joy and illustrate um, what it means to to be connected to you and to live in faith, and we pray in Jesus' name.